everybody. Welcome to Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. I'm your host, Randy, and with me, as always, I've got Gavin from the news. Say hi, Gavin. Hello. And Epileptic Pete this week is our guest from This Place is Haunted. Uh, hello. That was, a, that was a very exuberant hello. We don't even need to say uh, your, your famous catchphrase. But anyway, um, second half of the show, we're actually going to be talking all about uh, the video game band uh, This Place is Haunted. Um, but for now, we're actually just going to go through the news. Gavin, Gavin, do you have anything good uh, dug up for this this week? Always, Randy. Yeah, we, are, we live in a thriving, thriving news community. Yeah. We do. So we're actually going to start off with a bit of nice news for people like us, the Elder Geeks. Games are actually getting a sort of an appreciative art symposium over in Atlanta. The um, SCAD, which is, of course, the Savannah College of Art and Design, one of the most unpopular a- acronyms. But regardless, it's a very re- well-respected art community, uh, art college, and they hosted a three-day art history of games public symposium, which is just an exploration of video games as an art medium. So this was held from the 4th to the 6th, so last week, and it was held in their best auditorium. So yay for games. This is a really good sign, and this is the kind of stuff that we as Elder Geeks want to see all the time. Uh, any specific thoughts? Um, yeah, SCAD's actually a hell of an art school. I was uh, I was down there, well, not actually at the art school itself, but when my wife and I did a vacation, we actually went down in that area. And um, it's, set, it's like set in this historic part of town. Um, and uh, of course, like all through town, if, if you're not a tourist, then you're like an art student kind of thing. And uh, because it's like this old historic part of town, they were like, well, I'm really going off on a on a way not on video game news here. But anyway, so. Uh, no, it's OK. This, just, what what kind of car do you and your wife drive? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually about to tell you a story about an art student that I saw standing in horse shit in bare feet. But I can't think of a way to tie it into video game news. But uh, it's easy. It's easy. Have you played Back to the Future, the video game? on? Yeah, Nintendo? of course. Well, you have to fight Biff, and Biff hates manure, so there's your segue. That's awesome. Man, well done. Perfect. So there you go. That's that's our news about SCAD. <laughs> well, actually, I have a friend that goes down there, um, and she, she saw this, um, whatever it is, weekend seminar or something. I, I met a girl after a show, and we kind of messed around, and uh, it didn't work out because she went to Savannah. But she told me about this this past weekend. I haven't talked to her forever. And then I found 10 bucks. So, well, I was kind of that story kind of sucked. So I threw in the ten bucks part at the end, just make it a little better. <laughs> Made it a little better. I have, I have no stories about that particular region. So <laughs> we're just gonna move on. But I think it is cool that uh, arts are be- or games are being recognized as art. So there you have it. Absolutely, always. Yeah. Uh, please refer to past podcasts for our multiple discussions on our games art. We've had pretty much any um, perspective on that argument put on the podcast. So feel free to dig around. But we are moving on to the news. We are moving on to Game Crazy Closing Stores. The uh, retail chain that they're attached to, Movie Gallery, has announced that they're filing for Chapter 11, which means, of course, bankruptcy. They're not going to try and author a novel. But unfortunately, this also means Game Crazy has to close stores to meet future quotas if they're going to survive. This is particularly bad for Game Crazy because the previous chain they were attached to, Hollywood Video, also filed for Game uh, for <laughs> also filed for Chapter 11. I know because I worked there when they did. What? And I received oh. all the legal papers in the mail. You so worked you- at Hollywood Video. I did indeed, sir. I was I worked at Blockbuster. We we were supposed to hate you people. <laughs> well, it's just because my job was better. But we're moved. Uh, but so both of the movie chains that Game Crazy has attached to have filed for bankruptcy. Is it is it the store? Uh, what do we think about more stores closing? Anything? You know what they should do? They should attach themselves to a third movie company. That'll probably help. <laughs> did Did Hollywood Video have porn? Am I, that's no, right. They did, no, they, they didn't. Did not. They Which did one not. of them had porn? Because Blockbuster doesn't have porn. No, I don't think there is a main video, uh, big retail chain that has porn. I think that Blockbuster uh, had soft porn, which was hilariously bad. Um, and I'd see the parents renting that, and they would they would just do it really slyly, like I didn't know what you know erotic castle was all about. <laughs> like I knew it wasn't a, a tale about murder and intrigue. Like I know what's. Did they about. were they like what? slipping it between like Honey I Shrunk the Kids and and like you yes. know Hunt for Red yes. October yes. or some shit? Yeah. Oh, totally. And, you know, always right in the middle, yeah. too. Like, I wouldn't notice. Of course, I'd make a big thing about it, too, just to make them awkward. But you, uh, so. you guys want some numbers here? Because it's not, it, this isn't just a small uh, hit that Game Crazy has taken. They are closing, liquidating, completely destroying 760 stores across Holy the Holy shit. Which leaves, which leaves them with 250. 
Wow. I, Total. I, you know, I don't think so, I've ever even seen a goddamn game crazy. I guess the chances of me seeing one are even less now. Um, there's a couple near me. Then again, I'm about 45 minutes out of L.A., so that's not completely out of the norm. But yeah, so 250 across the entire nation. And of course, they've reallocated their business plan on operating fewer but higher quality stores. So we're going to see how that works for them. But again, if you, if you have a game, game crazy in your neighborhood, better go fast because they are. How could you have a higher quality video game store? It's not like you sell different quality video games. You just say, hey, our, our store doesn't sell, smell like manure inside, you know? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> have you noticed? Every GameStop up here smells like shit. Uh, it's the same thing down here in DC, man. I don't, I don't go into them anymore. I thought Wait, that was, was just that, me. Was it? No, that's actually concerned. You guys are being serious. No, I'm, I've never. Known. All the games, all the GameStops and and electronics boutiques in the DC area seriously smell like like horse shit inside, like like poo. <laughs> no. Maybe because again, I live near LA. Everything smells like shit. So perhaps I'm used to the smell, but. Uh, Again, we, we're just tangenting off on every possible... It's kind of fun, let's actually. Get on, <laughs> let's get on something that we cannot tangent okay. off of because it's so awesome. This past fourth uh, uh, Thursday, February 4th, was a big day for trailers and a big day for fanboys. Well, number one, we got the Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Episode 1 reveal trailer from Project Needle Mouse from Sonic Team, which is, of course, the new 2.5D Sonic side-scrolling game that... Um, picking right up after Sonic 3 left off. So, again, we're returning to the roots with that. And, again, um, an, an oft-rumored title from Obsidian Entertainment came to fruition. Fallout New Vegas will be coming this fall. And being announced this early is actually... Uh, being announced and then released so early afterwards is pretty pretty awesome. But two announcement teasers for that, and both look pretty badass. Uh, did you guys... Did Randy, did you see any of them? I Yeah, I actually watched both of them. Um, Sonic, you know, I gotta say two things... You know, one, God, it only took you 20 years to figure it out. And two, I'll believe it when it's actually on my console. Like, honestly, they're going to try to turn him into a werewolf or, like, have crazy long arms or add in a stupid sidekick that has, I don't know, flame-retardant powers or some crap like that. I fucking hated Tails. <laughs> Everybody did. Fucking annoying. I'm sorry. Oh, good. I have support group. <laughs> my, question, my question is, are they going to have Sonic Says at the end of the video game? Because, because that makes everything better. That's that's why I would play it for the morale at the end. <laughs> Absolutely, I remember the episode where the um, it ended with Sonic says about ki- uh, warning kids not to climb into dish- uh, to um, to what's the word washing machines because yeah. apparently kids were climbing into washing machines and either being injured or killed. Which yeah, to me had... says to me says survival of the fittest. To me yeah. says these kids were meant to die. It's kind of like swallowing too many marbles. You don't need a you don't need a teaser for that. This is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> But regardless, Sonic says at the end, Sonic Team, give us what we want. Yeah. So, but my major complaint, my major complaint with Sonic though, is not Sonic Hedgehog Four, the the little subtitle that comes after it, Episode One. They're making this episodic, which I don't know how you make a Sonic game episodic, but I'm not liking this business model. Um, what about you guys? Pete, go ahead, bud. Uh, well. I'm just glad that Sonic Spinball didn't have uh an, like different episodes to it cuz I think one was enough. And I don't I don't there's not really a plot in Sonic other than run really fast left to right, you know, and that's I think these uh game companies should keep things simple, you know. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. And I can't say that for many games cuz I'm a curmudgeon, you know, and I'm kind of a dick about things. <laughs> That didn't answer your question at all. Did it? <laughs> I I don't I don't think it matters. I, I just think it's fun to hear you talk. <laughs> oh. You know I don't give a shit if people actually make episodic content if they as long as they give it to us episodically. Like Half Life said they were going to be giving us smaller games more often, but they, what they did was they gave us smaller games, but have just spacing them out even further apart. So yeah, and where where the fuck is Portal Two? God damn it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But as far as Fallout goes, um, yay, go Obsidian. I, you know I'm a huge fan of Obsidian, so... Um, we all are here at LRB. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I I don't know, man. If um, if, the, if Obsidian's given the freedom to do what they want, it's going to be great. If Obsidian gets, you know, has to do what, what Bethesda says, I think there's going to be a lot of upset fans. 
Well, I mean, have you seen the trailer? Yeah, but it doesn't it show you. A, it doesn't show. It's practically it. Well, it's very much insinuating that this is going to be Fallout Three. You begin with the the close up shot of uh, reveal what it is, and then you have the trailer long pan out to an enemy force that's standing overlooking whatever um, overlooking the area. Uh, so it's very Fallout Three. I mean, this is it feels that way. Again, this might not be where they're going in the final product, but yeah. the trailer at least is supposed to invoke the memory in the consumer about Fallout 4. Ah, I see, I see. But again, Obsidian is composed of former Black Isle members. That, that was a studio that um, that helped out with Fallout and Fallout 2. So this could be a, a return to those aesthetics. We don't know. We Again, like Randy said, haven't seen Game Yeah. Yet. Well, hey, before we actually get on to the, uh, to the next topic, Will just stepped into the studio, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to have him come on in as well. Will from surprise, 8BitX. Surprise, surprise. There he is. Hey, Will. Yo, can you hear we me? We sure can, buddy. We're actually recording right now. We're gonna we're gonna move into the next topic, and and you are welcome to toss in your two cents, sir. Thanks for having me. Again. Absolutely, Will. You've you've uh, met Pete before, correct? That is correct. Epileptic Pete. That's right. right. We meet again. This uh, menage a trois just turned into a foursome, which is. You know, it's going to make the triangle into a square of 69s. So. Yeah, does that turn into a menage a quad, or what is... Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah? Nice. Yeah, you don't have any problem thinking fourth dimension. No, no, not at all. Very good. Well, why don't we move into a topic that I know will get Will steamed enough to bitch about for at least a couple minutes. The PSP Go, the glorious, glorious new handheld from Sony. We have rumors circulating all around, the, uh, all around, coming for us specifically from Gamer Vision, that the PSP Go will, in effect, relaunch. This just means a new advertising push, perhaps a price cut. This is all rumors still. We haven't gotten any sort of clarification. But this just indicates that Sony's acknowledging that the original launch of the PSP Go was very much underwhelming. So... What are thoughts? Do we um, can the PSP Go re- relaunch and save itself at this point? Is there something that needs to be done dramatically? What are your predictions? What are your wants out of this? Take it away, Will. I just think that this is one console handheld that just needs to die. I the PSP had its its good things about it. Uh, I particularly not a fan, but I can understand you want an alternative to the DS. I get it. It does movies. It does everything a PlayStation does, except a PlayStation 2 does, on a smaller scale. The PSP Go is some sort of mobile device uh, trying to eat your children or something. I, I just, I just don't like it. I just don't get it. Uh, it doesn't play the movies, but you could put your specialized. It's just Sony again trying to push its agenda on you. Not, and it, uh, I'm trying not to come off that way, but agenda as being their proprietary formats just coming in and just trying to really shove it down your throat and that's just just let it go just just yes psp go please get out just, oh. wow you, you know you know what i think i don't i don't think it's menage a quad i think that's the official beginning point of an orgy you know that's you true. gotta have like that's a true. numeric starting point well i mean if you have three yeah it's it's usually okay but you gotta, everybody's got to be really proactive. Yeah. Otherwise, there's like a really creepy guy kind of just kneading his crotch in the corner, not really, you know, yeah. proactive enough to step yeah. in. Yeah. But if I can say something about the, the PSP. You may. If you, if you guys had a choice to completely wipe PSP off the map and bring back exclusively Tiger Mattel games, what would you, would you, would you guys go for that? Because I kind of missed the Tiger handheld game. Yeah, I had the uh, I had the baseball one and I loved it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had the baseball <laughs> one and I loved it. Yeah, I, I would do that. Did we just get a whelp. A, a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, I was no. excited. It's reserved excitedness. The uh, you so hit wait, a home I'm... run through the uh, r- right up the middle. Yeah, that's right. Yes. It was yeah. like the only way to get on base. There was no like base hits on the on the Mattel you know baseball game. It was home run or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually like the PSP. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't what have any orgy points. <laughs> I don't have any orgy points to come up and supplement my <laughs> my discussion of Sony's handheld. But no, I think the PSP Go, while failing in essence for its launch, is still the first step to all digital consoles, which is something that's going to have to happen. So for that point, I mean, it's a good step. It's a step that probably broke Sony's kneecaps, but it was a step that the industry needed to take. So in that respect alone. It's worthwhile. 
I just think that, yeah, the PSP Go needs to rebrand itself and needs this relaunch. I'm just not sure at this point how they could do it. I mean, a price, a price cut, excuse me, a price cut is just common sense at this point. But what else can you do to sell this to the uh, to the non gaming crowds or to anyone that hasn't already have a PSP one, two, or three thousand? Here's here's honestly my my two cents on the PSP Go rebranding. Um, I, I would prefer if Sony didn't put their money into into trying to redo this. I really wish that they would put their money into making the PS3 more functional than it already is right now. Like, you know, put in that coding to make the backwards compatibility of the PS2. And I went over here in the States. I really want to use my PS3 as a, as a DVR. Cause I think they, Absolutely. I think they can do that in Japan right now. And yep. considering I can swap Japanese. out the hard drive in this thing, I would, l- this would be like the world's greatest DVR. Absolutely. And also, um, Europe has an amazing, um, music video and television just, uh, in terms of programming selection tool so yeah if you combine that with the japanese peripheral to let you record things you don't need you have an entertainment system right there on the ps3 you have everything that you can possibly need yeah and for sony to remain this kind of region exclusive um compatibility per region it just seems ridiculous why not combine and make it all this universal amazing entertainment yeah but so far it doesn't seem that they're capable of doing it perhaps it's something having to do with the um the, um, the release rights for the peripherals or just um, in terms of I, trying to get all these networks to put their content on the PS3. I think it's the cable companies that are holding them by the balls, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's that's possible. I have a, one quick thought on the PSP. Just uh, software sells hardware. So we could talk about the features and, and all these things, but in the end, I think my biggest gripe with the PSP is I haven't seen that game that makes me want to get it. You know, I just haven't seen that, and uh, that's what's really missing in the in the PSP's relaunches. If they had, you know, some sort of killer application or title that would uh, that would get me to get it. So, well, what would be the title? Something unique, you know. I, I'm another sequel to an established franchise would not be it. It would be something you. Patapon was a was a great title. Uh, You'll know it. Yo Noid. If they honestly, if they brought back Yo Noid, I would definitely buy PSP. I would be all about PSP. We have a history of the uh, the Apex and the uh, and uh, this place is haunted with Yo Noid. We'll get into that. I think yes. No, Yo Noid would be the killer app. Seriously. I know. I would like. I would like a spot like the old seven. uh, The Seven Up um, game. That was a fun game, actually. Actually, yeah, probably the greatest. Soda-based game license ever. <laughs> Especially if you like, and that's a perfect bundle. You get like a PSP, like a green PSP go. You get the the, the new spot game, and you get like seven two liters of Seven Up, and you're like, you're good. That's like a that's a night that's a good ass night of gaming right Sounds there. Funny. But yeah, a killer app. The PSP does need that. Um, but I think they could work with a, an existing license if they bring a damn good game to it. I mean, they've been doing some really good things with their existing license, uh, existing licenses. Like uh, Chains of Olympus was amazing. Resistance Retribution was surprisingly good, especially considering the one analog nub. So, I mean, they, they can work with that, but I, re- I really think, regardless of it being that sequel or that completely new original IP, it needs to be there. They don't have that killer app. I agree with Will on that. But, Randy, you haven't, you haven't given us your perfect ideal PSP app, what would it be? Um, you know, honestly, my perfect ideal PSP apps so far have been just my PlayStation games that I'm downloading onto it, so like Final Fantasy and Resident Evil and stuff like that. I kind of agree with Will, there hasn't been that perfect app yet. It was, or it should have been, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, what the hell was the one with um, Zack in it? Crisis Core. Yeah, Crisis Core. God, that game was terrible. I mean, it was okay, but... Oh, come on. Wow. I, I it was it wasn't Final Fantasy quality, but it was decent. It was it was decent, but it definitely did not deserve a Final Fantasy title. Like it was pandering at best. So um yeah, said it's best or worst depending on where you. Yeah. Start. So I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I think they would need to do like just something really cool. I would I would like to see um, a form of Infamous or something on there because Infamous was a great game. I think Uncharted one do, would do really well if they would find a way to get a mini Uncharted on a PSP. Um, so yeah, those would be the good killer apps um, for me. But and I, I think I'm before we move on to our last news topic of the week. I think I'm just going to rephrase a point that Kit made back in our very old "What the PSP2 Needs to Be" article before the PSP Go was announced. Is that this needs to be a phone? This needs to be a smartphone that can compete with 
the iPhone, or at the very least, compete with all the other uh, all the other smartphones to narrow the margin between the iPhone and the PSP Go. If it had, if imagine if it had an app store, a PSP with a freaking app store, that would be amazing. And you have the 3D functionality, 3G functionality in there. I mean, it would be perfect. You would need to get it just so you can have a phone that also plays games. I agree. Uh, yeah, the the Engage didn't do that well, but the PS, but Sony could work it. I know it could, but. I don't see that happening with this relaunch. So I think we're, I think unless Sony brings something out that surprises all three, all four of us here, it's just not going to happen with that console. But one more news topic before we move on to the, before we, that's Lily, before Lily gets completely annoyed with us. Um, <laughs> one more news topic is that LA Noir, the, um, famous rockstar, rockstar published, um, 1940s gangster open world game that was formerly a PS3 exclusive is now no longer a PS3 exclusive. The latest in the line of PS3 fr- Sony franchises that have abandoned exclusive ships, as it were. Game Informer gave us, um, excuse me, Game Informer confirmed the rumor, and now it's also going to be coming out for the 360. It's no surprise. Anyone- I mean, nope. games are so expensive to make anymore; they have to be put on both consoles to sell anymore. Yeah. You know, it. Yeah, I think the discussion was that. Exclusivity is no longer going to be the IP, but what you can do with that IP, like Batman Arkham Asylum on the PS3, you got something in, in home and you got the challenge maps. Yeah, that, that's the future of exclusivity. Yeah, yeah, that's sad, but yeah. well, I have a PS3 and a 360, so I'm I'm fine. <laughs> You're white enough to own both. <laughs> I am white enough to own. Wait, did you say white or white? Because one of it. <laughs> I heard white. Yeah. I heard wide. (laughs) What does my width have to do with owning consoles? But yes, I am white enough to own both consoles. And I think, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by white. Like, I'm white enough to be rich to own consoles? No, I think that's turning into Turner Dyer's podcast real quick here. (laughs) Oh, what? Don't you guys read? Come on. (laughs) Did I walk into some sort of rally here? What the hell is (laughs) Thank you, Randy. Thank you. Okay, this was this was supposed to be the news segment. I'm not sure exactly how much we discussed news. Yeah, this we week. did pretty good. We did pretty good. It was entertaining. Will came in right at the last uh, moment and saved us and let us let us all know the way PSP should have gone. Absolutely. But we're <laughs> Thanks, out for this Will. week. We'll take a break and we will be back with an interview about this place is haunted. <laughs> Hey Elder Geeks, got an idea for the site? Or do you have a topic that you'd like for us to talk about on Elderspeak? Be sure to drop us a suggestion on either the forums or by sending an email to info at elder-geek.com. Hey everybody, welcome back from break. We're uh, we're actually going to start our, our second half of the show now. We're, we're going to be talking about This Place is Haunted. Um... Will, you snuck into the room uh, at the last minute. Uh, I, yeah, I, you gate crasher, you. Um, do you want to get started? Thanks for having Absolutely, me. Absolutely, man. Anytime. You do you <laughs> want to start up the uh, the interview, or, or shall I, or shall Gavin? Well, I, you know, if, if, this place is haunted. I saw him live at uh, Video Game Expo out in Philly, and uh, I don't know if you guys have out there have seen other video game bands, but they are top of the line. You know. Uh, I know they played MAGFest recently. It's just these guys are a little bit different in the way that you hear a professional set when you go on there, and it's just phenomenal. I thought I knew how good they were based on, like, you know, downloading some songs, some websites or whatever, and then went to see them live. You got you to get, get their stuff. So good. Just see them live. If they're in your area, you got to see them live. They're so good. Yeah, you know, I, I could tell I'm because when we actually went to go uh, to go interview you guys at – Magfest, we got we got hushed away at the door. Like I walked up and I was like, "Hi, can I go talk to the band?" And like this this woman was like, "No, fuck off." And I'm like, "I'm with Elder Geek." She literally, this is this is what's going on. She's like, "No, you cannot go in and talk to the band." I was like, "Fine, give them my card." So that's why we didn't get to talk to you at Magfest. Oh. Dude, that I don't know who that was. We didn't even have a girl working for us. We would have been more than happy. She was, to talk she was to little and <laughs> angry. It's just like some works. girl that put a uh, stuck herself. Yeah, she probably didn't even have anything to do with you guys. She was just probably being a bitch. That kind of works out. I would like to remain high on my pedestal and spit on little peons like you. And just, <laughs> I'll take your card. I'll look at it. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll rub myself looking at it. Maybe I'll call you back. Maybe I won't. Let's see, you're lucky. 
What's with all these floating vaginas on this card? I have no idea. Ah, the floating vaginas. Here we go. <laughs> hey, Pete, I hear you're, uh, I hear you're, uh, you're gonna be doing, have you guys done this already? I hear you're gonna be doing like this gigantic, um, like 10 hour long epic, you know, complete remake of the entire Chrono Trigger soundtrack. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. It's, it's not quite 10 hours, although our entire set, and anybody that's seen us live, like that wouldn't surprise anybody if we did something that that huge and epic. But yeah, I to be honest, like, and I'll probably get looked at like I'm Judas or crucified here. Like, are you um, about to say that you've never was, played Chrono Trigger? I'm a I'm about to admit that right here <laughs> that I've never I've never played Chrono Trigger. And um, as I as I was telling these cats before, uh, we hit the magical record button. Um, some former members of my band, they were always the big video game heads, and I was more of the arranger and composer of of the music. So we kind of worked well together. We were like the yin and yang that made the band kind of work out. And then uh, when our former guitarist Mike left, I kind of had to take the reins on that. And the Chrono Trigger stuff actually came from our new drummer. And the idea was just thrown out there nonchalantly about a new We all picked one game we wanted to do, and then somebody said Chrono Trigger. And his eyes just lit up like he was getting his first reach around ever. And he's like, we have to do this game. Like, we have to do this game. And that's it. And we're like, well, okay, which song? And he's like, every one. And we're like, well, that's a big, there's like 70 songs there. That's a big undertaking. So he's like, I will arrange the whole thing. So the drummer is the one that arranged most of this. I mean, he came to us with ideas. And uh, we all collectively put our heads together and, it's looking to be about uh, 90 minutes of music straight through with, like, no stopping. So we want to record it all in, like, one take and see how that works and put in all these other – if we can get a fucking mariachi band, we're going to do that, yeah. you know. So this is going to – it's going to be huge. It's going to be professionally done in a big studio either here or in D.C. that we're looking at. And um, I don't know. That should come out with uh, in the summer. So we're in recording and learning mode right now. Nice. So we debuted that at Magfest, the first uh, nine minutes of it. So that sounds incredible. That is a huge undertaking. But then again, Chrono Trigger is one of those soundtracks that everyone could just glomp onto. It's yeah. We've heard other congratulations right now. Covered on here and there. What's that? I was just saying congratulations for taking it on in the first place. I mean, that's that's oh. a path that most people would just run screaming from. Yeah, heaven forbid we do anything easy. Like every single year, we've put out like six albums in five years, and we don't want to be looked at as like corn, you know? Who like let's see how many albums we can put out, and then have both of our guitars like find God and quit the band. We don't want that to happen. But um, this time around, we wanted to really like take our time with an, with an album because we were always rushing. I mean, we were pleased with most of the albums, but li- listening back, we're like. You know, we should have taken our time and we could have done this. And I remember we were working with Dino from uh, the late, great Chromalodian, and uh, we were doing an Echo the Dolphin 2 medley. And there was one song on there that ugh, just so badass, but we just couldn't get it done in time. And every time I listen to that now, I'm like, right fucking there. That's where it should have been. So this time we're not going to we're not gonna mess with any of that. Before this, we were going to do this entire Splatterhouse soundtrack, nice. but nice. for the Turbo Graphics. But we thought Chrono Trigger would reach more people, and musically speaking, uh, because it's you know it's on the PlayStation or the what Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, and DS. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, Uh, since it's on there, like you have more orchestration, and then you have just it just it's so more much more expansive that we're gonna go in a lot of really cool areas with it. So. Thanks for bringing that up. I had that on my little notepad here that I had to plug. So yeah, you also have to now, plug your uh, your your website and stuff. Do you want to plug that too? Webs. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, this place is haunted. Um, this place is haunted. dot com, and then you know we will write you on MySpace like a 14 year old girl at MySpace. dot com forward slash. This place is haunted. So you can find us on the Facebook, and uh, we can cyber uh, late. Are at you night. on the Twitter? Um, no, we're not, I'm not on Twitter. I, it's a lot to keep up with, dude. I, I, like, I know, look, I'm eventually getting to all the websites, like, all my, I have this manager friend that's always throwing websites at me that he's like, you gotta get your band on this, you know, and I don't know, it might even be that girl that turned you away. Could have been. But, 
I, I guess I'll get, I guess I'll get on Twitter, but to be honest, the most annoying part, like Twitter is a website that took the most fucking god awful, uh, boring minutia of Facebook, which was the status updates, and they made an entire site about it. So everybody now thinks they're witty and clever, and they can put whatever in 140 characters, and it's just, it makes me die a little inside when I see friends who used to be cool now posting pictures of their children and saying, oh my god, don't want to shovel the snow tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to avoid being old and adult and for business purpose, this is a really long-winded story, but business purposes, I, yes, yes, I will, we will be on Twitter, okay? We will you, really want us to tell you what's going on, if nothing else, just for shows and shit. So, you just, you just put the Benny Hill music behind me when you edit this together. There's no editing. Just, I'm so Editing? Oh. Hey, well, that's what's, what's editing? Randy, what's, what's that? that? You promised me you'd make me sound like Barry White, so I'd be like a large black I would man. try. Well, that's just going to be me going in after we record and just going, <laughs> like, very, very slow, providing a nice backbeat. Oh, yeah. This place is haunted. <laughs> that, that's it a, that's like a spot-on impersonation. Look at that. <laughs> it sounds like with the, the Chrono Trigger album, you guys are challenging yourselves not only with the huge undertaking of the scope of the, of the whole thing, but as musicians as well. Because uh, a lot of times you do, like, covers of... The video games, you can interpret it a lot, but this has a base which everyone knows so very well. And, yeah. and people, and you're taking it in its orchestrated form and bringing it into something not really heard of before. Cause you go on OC Remix, they don't really have a lot of rock remixes of this medium. Now you did, like the Godfather melody that you did at the VG Expo was mm-hmm. amazing. It's almost similar to that where you have something orchestrated and and uh, a whole narrative there, but you're bringing it in through electric guitars and, and the punk sound. What is your biggest challenge with that? Is it the size of it, or is it the, just the whole trying to be authentic to the to the medium? Um, you, you really got to balance your creativity and crowd. And um, if you guys, you talk about MAGFest and you're talking about um, a community of people that, that love this stuff and they take it very seriously. And this, this whole community has been... Uh, cultivated on the internet and so message forums and websites about this stuff like um you mentioned uh oc remix and there's also this thing called the shiz uh this is a mini bosses message board that has just blown up to be not just about the mini bosses who are one of the kind of the godfathers of this genre but every single video game band okay and they hated us for years and i mean hated us like as much as you can type hatred into like a a block on your screen they just didn't like us because we ch- we took some liberties with this with the music and we still do um because we we changed stuff that made musical sense and i'm kind of in the camp and then it's not the most popular um place to be but if you want to hear the game or if you want to hear a song that sounds exactly like the game my advice is to go play the game, okay? There's bands like that I really respect and that are very good and very tight, like The Advantage, who are, like, phenomenal. Like, they're great guys. They're super nice. But they come out and they play the, the, the game exactly as is, okay? I just, for me personally, I'd like to hear somebody take that, like, rework the shit out of it, but still maintain that sense of dignity and, like, pay tribute and homage to the song and that's what we're trying to do uh if that answers your question because it's a lot to thought to take because chrono trigger like you said a lot of people are going to know that so we're banking on that but we're also you know we want them to grant us a little liberty to to do something fun with it you know because it's not hard to just learn these songs and play them that's not hard it's just it's making them different and interesting but still having respect Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And as a listener, as as a fan of video game bands, and like you said, it starts with the with your majors, like the the mini bosses. And for all those who are out there listening, I mean, I may be you know, just saying this a little ahead of time, but I think if you're looking for the next version of what is the mini bosses, I think it's this place is haunted. But besides that, 
I think that you have to make the music your own because you're going in show in and show out playing in all these places. If you're not having fun with the music and bringing that to people on a level they know, but hearing something new, what really is the point? Like you said, I mean, I have other bands like the Annie Eskimos. I love them because they bring that like metal mm-hmm. feel to it. You know what I mean? And it's just something you've never heard. Mega man played like this. Oh my God. You know, mm-hmm. It's, it just adds that depth to it where it's something familiar, but then it's a whole new experience. And that's just absolutely just, just so great. And it just you get those chills, you know, when you hear it, you're like, oh, this is familiar, but oh, this is this is a whole new thing, you know? Exactly. We, we, when we first played with the, the NA Eskimos, like that was our first show basically as a band. Uh, to get on MAGFest, I kind of had to lie about what we played. And I just – I wrote uh, Brendan Becker, who's, who runs MAGFest, an email. I've told him this since, so and I just kind of wrote everything I've ever wanted to play in a video game band. And he's like, you know, we had a spot opening, so here it goes. And when I met the NES Eskimos, they were like the nicest dudes. And then when they played Double Dragon Live, like oh. that was fucking on. And I was like, this is so bitchin'. And like there's this rule in the video game world, if another band – does a song awesome you usually don't touch it and some bands adhere to that and other bands don't and um you know we we took double dragon and we're like you know what we're not going to play it exactly like them because they did it pretty kick-ass we're going to kind of make it our own and uh i think that's that's what we're trying to do cool what what would you say you oh i'm sorry oh i was <clears throat> i was actually gonna ask i mean you guys are from new york magfest yes. is in dc and you mentioned earlier that you were you were actually playing down uh, down in Savannah. How how far have you guys uh, traveled? Um, geez, all over the place. Uh, we got we got offered a gig in Ohio uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're trying to make it out to the uh, the Midwest Gaming Convention this summer. Like we we've gotten show offers in California that we just kind of couldn't get together. So. We're just kind of overwhelmed with like how many people actually want us to come out. It's sometimes it's like small college things, and other times it's big conventions. Um, like I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It's it's it kind of like. But that's just, what you're here for. Congratulate! <laughs> well, my dick is so big, guys. <laughs> I, I'm gonna Skype you a picture. But it just this kind of happened out of nowhere because originally we were from State College, Pennsylvania, and the reason we started playing video game music was because in State College you're not allowed to play. At a, at a really good bar or a good club um, unless you play covers. And we're like, well, guess what? We're not going to play shitty ACDC. We're not going to play Nickelback. We're not going to play Three Doors Down, you know, like, but we do play covers technically. Like this was our, our back door in. And then it kind of worked out because I loved, you know, that type of music. And Mike, who started the band with me, was really, you know, big into video games. So we're like, fuck it, let's do this. And then, we did half originals and half video game stuff, and then the video game stuff just kind of took off. We still do originals as a band, but uh, we love going out to conventions and st- even in bars. Like, you know, seeing people understand what you're playing. If you're playing in a bar up here, you try to play your more noticeable songs, but like these drunk guys come up to you and like that was my fucking childhood that you just played. Like, you're awesome, you know. So that's what it's all about. Like. But we're like workhorses. We put out a lot of albums and we play as many shows as possible. There was a lot of buzz around the uh, the quote unquote new lineup of, of uh, this place is haunted. It's like, oh, have you heard the new lineup? It's so good. What would be your biggest difference between the way that you used to do songs with with your old lineup and the transition to the new? <laughs> well, the transition wasn't wasn't smooth, but I guess they never are. Um, I'm like the last surviving member of Leonard Skinner here. <laughs> And, you know, when it first happened, I was like, do I really want to continue this? Do I really want to keep this going? Because the last thing I want to be is, like, the dude that just, you know, doesn't know when to give up. You know, like, it's just a sad guy on stage. Like, that's the worst thing for me. Outside of being that 45-year-old dad in a sexless marriage and, like, a litter full of children that he didn't want who just jams on the weekends with his friends, like, that's a fate worse than death. But um, we found these guys in Queens here, and they had known each other for, like, 15 years. And they're, like, the most talented dudes I've ever played with. And um, so we kind of had that in common first, and we had so much work to do that we kind of – we did that first, and then we did the friendship thing later. So um, we added keys to the mix, which was totally different. And um, 
it's weird. Like Mike and I, when we started the band, we're like looking back at some of the stuff we played, like we're pretty sloppy and like not so disciplined. And, um, but these guys are all trained, you know, like my drummer yells at me cause like my rhythm sucks. It does. Like it's not, it's not as well as them because they were, you know, they've been training their whole life for this type of music. So it really works. And they, they'll say, Pete, play an F natural here. And I'm like, Oh, what frets that? You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I know what an F is, you know, and they're like, it's just like, it's a suspended seventh thing. And I'm like, all right, you're going to have to show exactly, you're going to like take my hand and, and just put it on the fretboard the way you want it. Cause you know, they know the theory and like, I know the video game world. So it's, it's come together. And I got, I was really happy with uh, the reception that we got. We just played a show with Arm Cannon last week in Buffalo. Oh, nice. Like we played on their turf, but all those three guys that I'm in the band with now, that's, uh, Dave Andriana, uh, Tim Bilek and, uh, Jeff Barone, uh, they're all from Buffalo. So it was, like it was kind of a homecoming of them. Yeah. And, uh, so I got to hang out with all their old friends. Are you, uh, are you originally from Pennsylvania or did you just go to Penn State? Um, I'm, I, I lived in Pennsylvania a lot of my life. I was originally born in Kentucky and then I moved to Pennsylvania and, I got signed to a record label as a solo bass player when I was 20, and then I got kind of serious about it, and uh, I moved to Penn State, and I got the sociology, sexology degree, which is completely inapplicable in the real world, so, <laughs> but I, I've always wanted to do music, so, um, but State College had nothing, it was a party town, there was like this axis of like the shittiest six cover bands in the fucking county, and like, they would just go here one place, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and like there was never a place that you could play. So we we made our own scene. We did the video Armageddon's up there. We invited Entertainment System, Power Glove, Arm Cannon, uh, Sean Faze, Chromalodian. We invited all those, and we made our own scene. You know, and we still have a big following back there. So we we want to get back there in the in the spring or summer and put on a big show for the State College because those kids are still down there. You know, so we want to put on a show for them. So it'll be a homecoming. Of me for sorts. Very cool. What's the uh, what's the largest crowd you've ever played in front of? Mm. Um, well, uh, these past two shows combined, like with uh, at Magfest, was was probably the biggest. That that hit about. Uh, we talked to one of the counters at the door, and she's like, "Yeah, we had to cap you at around five fifty. Oh I'm shit! Like, and I was like, "Wow!" Because in the middle of us playing a. Uh, a punch out. I told the entire crowd, and this could have gone either way. I was like, "All right, you know, we're not a really big metal band, so we're not into moshing. If you want to mosh, that's fucking awesome because it gives us energy." But I was like, "You know what? I want you guys to run around in a clockwise circle, like a uh, little Mac." <laughs> and originally, my friend Brian, um, he's like this seven foot tall black dude with an afro. That's my friend, you know, because you always have to have one black friend, and he's mine. He was originally going to come down. Like, he couldn't get a ride at the last minute. He was coming down with his bike, and he was going to get in the middle of the crowd and ride his bike, and everyone yeah. was going to chase after him. <laughs> so, but anyway, to answer your question, like, seeing that many people do that at, like, my command, I was, like, parting the Red Sea. So, like, I guess that, I guess 600 would be that, and then we just played with Arm Cannon to about 300 people. So, but a couple of these other shows that, um, we're confirmed for BitGen 5, which is what Entertainment System puts on. Entertainment System has been like our best friends throughout this, uh, this video game world. And, uh, they've come to every video Armageddon and every single, uh, Bit Genocide we've been at. We're like the only, us and Entertainment System are the only band that can say that. And they're booked at the Sonar this year, and that's got a 1200 person capacity, and they're already expecting to sell out. So. Wow. That's in, that's in August, uh, August 16th, I believe, and in Baltimore. So I'm super psyched about that. The more people, the better, you know, like, I, I, I had kind of had to become front man when, uh, when Mike left the band. So, uh, I'm, I'm learning what to say and what not to say <laughs> on stage. <laughs> so. Well, we have to explore that. What, uh, what are the things you have to say? Okay, so this is just true, and you might be able to hear me now because I'm talking like way too much. Like when I'm when I'm comfortable and I'm friendly with people, I just I don't have a filter, so I just say stuff. So at this last show in uh, in Buffalo, I told the story, which was a true story about uh, recently because I've been this is the first time I've been single in like ten years. So I'm sowing my wild oats, and I, I never was single through college, so I didn't get to make any of the dumb mistakes in college that everybody else gets to make. So 
I made out with this fat girl, like really fat. All right, like, and it's not that. It's like I'm telling this story on stage because I'm like, I'm feeling these guys are my friends, you know. So like, they're gonna understand and they're gonna laugh. You're at me. telling like, this oh, story on stage. Okay, I'm telling the story. I'm like, okay, so I made out with this fat girl, and she was kind of ugly too. And um, but that's not the, that's not the thing. I don't mind a girl with curves, you know, because I don't want to, uh, you know, alienate any of the you know the heftier girls in the crowd, you know, because it's Buffalo and they need to get bundled up with body heat and what whatnot. But that's okay. But I was like, the point is, I made out with her, knowing her favorite band was Steely Dan. And, <laughs> It kind of it killed me inside because <laughs> I think I remember the George Carlin bit where he's like he just he dies inside every time he like he thinks of his like a a housewife who just who buys best of collections and she, you know she listens to like boring shit that doesn't take any chance like bands like Steely Dan and it, we have a recording of this where I'm like I fucking hate Steely Dan and then my keyboard's is like hey I like Steely Dan you know but. I told this thing and like nobody laughed. People just looked at me like I was an asshole, you know. And I'm like, stop judging me, all right? Like I thought I could confide in you, crowd of 300 people. And I saw a couple of the girls who were, you know, you know, they're not they're not twiggy. Like they were just they were they were judging me. I did I did not get laid that night. I just I don't know if there's a you know causation is not correlation or whatever, but I, it didn't work out so well. So I'm learning. Here and there, what to say and what not to say. So, you might as well take a chance because it was fun. So, you know, fuck it. You win some Jerusalem, am I right, guys? <laughs> it's funny because I was I was going to say how uh, how different your stage presence was from some of the other acts that we had seen down there in in Philadelphia, and you guys came on stage like get up, everybody, just get up. You're gonna look stupid <laughs> if you don't get up. That's right. So you in the back, stand up. It's so, yeah, it's so awkward to play to people sitting down. It's it's like this isn't like a an auction, you know. <laughs> like I want people to get into it because if they're not into it, but there's the funny story is like I I told the crowd at Magfest to like run around in a circle. I could have told them to, to like drop their pants and they probably would have done it. I tried that in Buffalo, and people just crossed their arms like they're not going anywhere. This is arm cannons crowd, you know. We still got a good response, but you know I, I was I went a little. Got a little cocky wait, there. Wait, wait. Well, which did, which you, did you, know? you tell them to try to do? Run in the circle or drop their pants? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <both>. no. <laughs> I told them to run around in the circle with their pants down. No. <laughs> just, just to run around in the circle or to mosh or something. Like, I mean, even to, you know, to my credit, Arm Cannon asked them to do, like, the hip sway, yeah. you know? And they weren't doing that either. So, oh, you know, it was, you know, they had a high of negative uh, three degrees that night, wow. so maybe that's it. We, I could be old and talk about the weather, too. I, th- I think we've know. offended the shit out of Gavin. He's been really quiet. I've been laughing. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm loving the shit. I just I, I don't want to add to it because I'm going to just drop down the quality of this <laughs> glorious, glorious stories. I'm like I'm like a little child sitting at the foot of the very offensive uh, uncle that my mom won't let me talk to. Because, <laughs> it's amazing. Because I'm he... loving it. Because he takes you to his uh, Uncle Touchy's puzzle basement. <laughs> that's a that's a uh, fat nozzle pit. But uh, I could say that sleepy sleepy fire time juice. <laughs> I could say that this is about the new lineup. Like um, I'm loving these guys, and you know I'm dealing with stuff I never had to deal with. Like I kind of had to give up on that dream of of playing with my best friends, you know, because these guys are awesome, and I think we can become really good friends. But, you know, playing with my best friends through college, like, their hearts just weren't into it. And so things things often get tense at practice. But we, we play, like, movie themes and TV themes. But it's so funny to, like, have a tense band practice because that's just going to happen. Like, and you, like, you're not talking to your I, – I remember one night I was, I was, like, pissed at my drummer. And, you know, and then we started playing Prince Ali, you know, or Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. That's and, fine. You're like, how are you getting upset when you're playing this goofy ass song? Like, it's just, it's just something you got to like. And you're like, okay, we're gonna play Quantum Leap now. Like, you just, you have to crack a smile. Like, it's just so goddamn goofy sometimes. But we really take it seriously. <laughs> and you can tell. I mean, that's the big difference I think between some of the hobbyists and whatnot. And then you guys come on, and then now it's like, okay, kill the lights. Not too much after like a pee, but the um, it's it's now it's time. <laughs> Now it's like time a- to rock, you know. It, it's and that's what it is. It's like put your shit down, put your little drink, your little handhold console. No one's gonna steal it. Let's get ready. To tear the hell down. 
I just want people to step out of their comfort zone, you know, and like enjoy the show. And I even it doesn't have to be video game music. Every show I see, I, I hate when bands just stand up there and they expect your the music to just be enough. And there's some bands that can do it, you know, but we're performers, all right? Like. I don't want to – we're not Dream Theater up there, okay? Like, we're not that douchey, okay? Like, we're not that technical. Like, we take pride in our music, sure, but the fact is, like, it's never going to sound the same in the in the fucking practice space as it does on stage. Like, put on a show. These people paid money to see you, you know, do a little dance, sing, talk to them. Like, they're not going to bite your head off. Like, it's just, it's just like talking. It's just like trying to bet a lady. Like, you don't just, you know, expect – you know, your pheromones to do all the work. You have to, you know, you got to work her a little. You know, you got to trick her into having sex with you. Yeah, yeah. Or bonk her over the head and take her back to your cave. Whatever, whatever it works. Hey, okay? does Dream Theater even work or exist anymore? Unfortunately, they oh, do in some capacity. Shit. We don't yeah, want to talk about that. All right, okay, sorry about that. I don't have a trench coat on or a duster, so I don't want to talk about that. My whole band <laughs> loves them, so like, I got to deal with that proc shit all the time, you know? They'll just bust out and do like a, a journey song, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I like, mean, Steve I like fucking ruins every conversation. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, so I have to ask on a personal level: When is that damn Yonoid cover coming out? Okay, it's coming out. Mike and I were gonna do it for uh, the Dwelling of the Duels, which is something on the Shiz yes. where you make a song like every every month or something like that but they hated us so we we didn't think we had a fair shot but now we're in better graces with them um we're, we're right now working on the chrono trigger album but i think before that we're going to put out kind of like a miscellaneous debris album kind of like what primus did just like all the stuff that we never really got to record like the movie theme the tv theme gremlins 2 um the disney theme We'd probably just put that out because we're we're going on a tour in uh, early summer. So nice. um, before uh, Chrono Trigger comes out, we'll definitely have some more stuff, and Yonoid will definitely be on there. So dude, that is that is awesome. I'm I'm such I'm so looking forward to that. That's the <laughs> perfect. Well, we we only have time for actually one more question. Um, Gavin or, or Will, do you guys do you guys want to take it? Will, you seem to have a lot of questions that you want to have answered. You are more than welcome, sir. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Um, basically, we gotta. I would say, what's next for for this place is haunted. That's uh, that's the big question here. Um, well, the, again, the Corona Trigger album, the tour. Uh, we might be flying to Japan to play a show. Like that's kind of top secret right now, but I'm working on that because definitely want to get over there. All my sex research that I did for my my college thesis was just like, Japan is just crazy. Like. The worst thing you can think of in your head, Japan did it 10 years ago in porn. Like, they laugh at you because that's like, whatever, you prude. Like, <laughs> we did that. Like, so I definitely want to go. It's such a strange culture, and it's it's just, it's really intriguing. Um, I'd love to do that. Um, we're just, we're playing a lot of shows in New York here. We got a show, um, we got a show this week, uh, this Saturday. It's at the Beer Garden in Astoria. The next week, the Public Assembly in Brooklyn, which is a kick-ass place. So that's uh, the 19th. Of February, we're playing at a public assembly in Brooklyn, and um, as far as that, we're just you know, there's so many more things we want to do, and we're just kind of reel them in. We're doing a, this is also top secret, but we're working on a, um, what's that fucker's name? <laughs> I can't. I'm just having this brain fart. Who did all the music for the Tim Burton films? Danny Elfman. We're doing a Danny Elfman suite, and then we're also working on a bunch of show tunes. Uh, Stuff from, uh, we're doing soundtracks from, uh, what is it, The NeverEnding Story? Want to do? I'm doing some stuff from Newsies. Uh, we're doing more movie themes than, you know, than ever. And, uh, we're doing a lot of old video game stuff. Shadowgate, it's a big one. So we got a, we got a lot on our plate. Um, but right now we're just trying to play out as much as possible, hone our live set. Cause playing with bands like Arm Cannon, who are just so fucking tight. They just make you feel like so small, and them being such fucking nice guys, it's just like, damn it! Like, like we want to we want to keep our like goofy stage presence and all that shit, but we want to get you know we want to bring in a little more of that. Like, let's hit seven night like right notes in a row instead of just five. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Well, like we're entirely too self-critical of our of ourselves uh, about our music. Like we're having a good time. Um, as far as the direction, like with new people, it's always changing. Um, but I'll end with this: is that a lot of people wanted us to like 
you know, I remember this kid called me a faggot on, on a message board for changing the key of one of our songs, you know? <laughs> and, and then still, I went on, you know, a message board and I saw like, alright, I guess their Castlevania is a little better now, but that bass player, he just, I hate the way he adds his own bass lines. Like, I can say this for, for you, for finality's sake, like, we're gonna keep doing that. Like, we're not trying to shit on your childhood. We're pooping your Cheerios. Like, we're going to do what we want to do, and, you know, we're going to try to make the best music possible. Like, we're going to do weird songs. We're going to do obscure songs. We're not going to be playing Mario 1. Like, you're not going to ever hear us playing that because it's boring, and everything that has been done with it or could be done with it has been done. So um, just expect the, expect the unexpected from us without sounding too pretentious. Like, just come out. It's It's always a good time, like, and, if, you know, the weirdest thing you could possibly think of that we'll cover, like, we did it 10 years ago, you motherfucker. So, there you go. Nice. Well, there you have it, everybody. Pete Rains from This Place is Haunted, and special guest this week is uh, Will from 8BitX.com. Uh, before we actually sign you, out, um, <laughs> he loves you, too. <laughs> really, homoerotically, too. It's not even a joke. <laughs> before we sign out, Gavin, you had uh, you had something. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we actually move on to you, Gavin, Pete. Name of the website again. Yes. Okay, yeah. See, I always forget to do Hey, I'm good like that. When I, th- when I throw out CDs, I always manage to hit some cute girl in the face with it, too. <laughs> you know? Anyway, it's thisplaceishaunted.com or myspace.com forward slash thisplaceishaunted. And look for us on Twitter in the future. Where can we, where but, can we uh, buy albums? <laughs> buy albums on thisplaceishaunted.com. And then there's a store section in it's really done up all nice, lots of little pretty colors and stuff, and uh, we'll be playing at Public Assembly next uh, next Friday in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, fucking New York. Excellent. There you have it. Okay, Gavin, you're, you're pimping before we head out. I really don't think I can follow that. But, um, <laughs> all of you that want to stick around on Albuquerque, <laughs> I want to stick around on Albuquerque. We're going to be premiering a new show. Uh, we're going to be uh, recording this Friday, so we should have it up on weekend. Um, it's a bi-monthly show called Spoiler Alert. Spoiler alert. And as the name suggests, we will be talking about in detail new releases, just roundtable discussion of all your favorite games. And the first episode, which should be up sometime this weekend, is on Mass Effect 2. They'll feature regularly Mots and most likely regularly myself, in addition to guest speakers, both from our website and uh, across the Internet. So look forward to that. It's coming this weekend for the first episode. It's going to spoil the shit out of all your new favorite games. I'm going to do my pimps real quick. Uh, guys, everybody, uh, make sure to check out uh, our Twitter page. Our Twitter page actually needs some more loving, so so go on and do that. Um, and uh, what the hell else here? Oh, yeah. Um, check out the new forums. Nate did a badass job of reskinning those things, so uh, be sure to give those some loving. And, Will, since you're here, I'll let you do some pimping, too. Oh, thank you. I uh, We have the 32... 64-bit tournament has reached its final eight. You want more information on that, 8bitx.com. And uh, please, please, please check out thisplaceishaunted.com. Buy their albums. My goodness. We got all your albums, us collectively as a network, got all your albums at uh, the VGX Bone Philly, and they're well worth it, man. I'll tell you what. I it's it's I think the last time we looked, it was $10, and... You won't believe how good this stuff is. So thisplaceishaunted.com. There you have it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been issue number 40, and we'll catch you later. Goodbye. Later, everybody. (laughs) 